NWP Radio. You're listening to NWP Radio, a production of the National Writing Project. NWP. Welcome listeners, it's NWP Radio and we are celebrating National Poetry Month uh, by interviewing writers, poets from our Writers' Council. Um, I'm very excited today to introduce you to Cyrus Armajani, who teaches reading and creative writing to youth who are incarcerated. He's a Pushcart Prize nominee and his poems have appeared in Berkeley Poetry Review, Blue Collar Review, Multicultural Education Magazine, and Rad Dad, among other publications. His book, Benefits of Doubt, recently was recently released by Nomadic Press. Cyrus lives in Oakland with his wife and two sons. Goodness. <laughs> Welcome, Cyrus. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So the first question I have to ask you, which isn't in our script, is um, whether you know Tomas Moniz. I see that you were published in Red Dad, so it made me want to ask. Yes, I do. That's that's right. Um, I uh, I met him a number of years ago. He was one of the, the co-curators of a reading series in Berkeley called Lyrics and Dirges. And so that's how we met. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's also a writing project uh, person from the Bay Area Writing Project. So we met each other through that kind of work. But I see. I see. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a phenomenal writer, very, very thoughtful individual for sure. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a lovely yeah. uh, community when you start to make the connections here um, among Berkeley writers. It's true, absolutely. It's a really, it's it's a it's a great, uh, it is a great community of writers, very supportive of each other. And um, I feel as with the book coming out a couple of years ago, I feel like it's been a really wonderful way to kind of expand the num- the people who I know because I tend to be on the introverted side, so. It, it's been a it's been a real a gift from the book. That's lovely. I I would think that might be a common quality of poet to be on the introverted side. Yeah, I, yes, I guess so. I wonder about that sometimes. I mean, there is an element though. I'm also you know I think I go back and forth. You know, like I I also enjoy the performance aspect of poetry mm-hmm. and and being in front of people and 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 reading my poems. So, um, but yeah, there obviously writing can be sort of can be um and for me it by it by necessity is a solitary experience like something i prefer to do by myself i know there's people in writing groups who like to write uh with others but um so yeah it is it kind of goes it's kind of, it's kind of a balance of both for me yeah that makes sense to me um as you know cyrus i'm a fan of this book benefits of doubt and i bet you actually after you came to my attention when you joined national writing projects writers council um and i know our audience which is many um writers and teachers and teacher writers and and teachers who really want to create writers and they would love to hear Mm -hmm. you talk a little bit about yourself as a writer so um, I was wondering, especially when I think about teachers and working with young people, uh, what you could tell us about whether there was anything early in your life that pointed you in the direction of writing. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for the kind words about the book. I appreciate that. Um, 
So um, one thing I'm not sure if you know about me is that I, I'm Iranian-American. So growing up the son of Iranian immigrants, mm. poetry was really often in the air. Um, when my parents would get together with their Iranian friends and, you know, I'd have to sit politely in the corner and kind of just listen to the conversations they'd be having. I can remember my dad and, and my parents' friends um, reciting Persian poetry, you know, like the poets of, like Hafez and Rumi and Ferdusi. And, um, and I remember even as a child being really struck, with the, struck by the fact that they were reciting poems from the top of their heads that they had memorized as children mm-hmm. in Iran. And that was a, that's a really powerful memory that has, that stuck with me. Um, and I think poetry really is as Iranian as saffron or arguing, you know, in the Iranian community. So, um, and then on top of that, my dad kind of had really eclectic taste. It wasn't just Persian poets. He also loved the lyrics of Bob Dylan and John Lennon and Jim Morrison. So that kind of music was playing in our house. And then English being his second language, he also had like, really creative use of the English language in terms of how he would kind of remember um, colloquialisms and things like that. So all of that kind of mashed up together um, gave me a love of language from an early age and of poetry from an early age. Um, and then on top of that, I, you know, a lot of what I just said kind of focused on my dad, but my mom, um, you know, on one hand, she's whatever the opposite of a hoarder would be, like she does not <laughs> keep things. I don't know what the opposite of that is, but that's what she is. Um, but she did save a lot of my, a lot of my writing, like cards and poems I wrote as, you know, as a child. And so that by saving those kinds of things, she was really the first to communicate to me, your words matter. Um, and that's a message I've really carried with me all these years later, you know, as rejection letters have piled up and that kind of thing that, that, that idea that she communicated to me has stuck with me. So those are, that's kind of, um, that's, that's what I think about. Yeah. I I did not know that about you. And that's a really, um, was a really evocative description of your childhood and, and, and the way those things, um, shaped who you are. I think that was, that's fantastic. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, and in all of that, Persian poetry and Bob Dylan and um, all of those things. How did you discover your own voice? Yeah, that's, um, I, I see it as an ongoing process, you know, that's hopefully refined and deepened and broadens over, you know, has broadened over time. Um, and I think, it, I think one's voice does develop over time. And for me, it's really been through an interaction between what I'm actually reading myself, like the books that I'm reading, um, and then the constructive feedback I get on my writing, and, mm-hmm. and then what's going on in the world around me, socially, politically, that sort of thing. Um, so I see it as kind of an interaction between those things. What I'm reading, um, the feedback I'm getting from people who are reading my writing, and then, yeah, and then like what's going on in the world. Um, and then early on, like when I first really started kind of writing at all seriously, like in high school, I would say, I knew I wanted to write poems that were, at the time I thought of them as, as accessible. That would have been the adjectives I would have used. Mm-hmm. Um, over the years, I feel like in terms of this idea of what my voice is, I feel like I've moved away from writing um, very many poems where, where I or the I is the center of attention, you know, like not so autobiographical, I feel like. Right. Um, although in the end, I do think any creative work 
does reveal a lot about the creator of the work. Um, But nonetheless, there is that idea of kind of moving away from the eye. And then, um, and then the other idea is this word accessible, which is something I struggled with a little bit because I felt like I would also hear people say, like, use it almost as a pejorative accessible, like obvious or, um, you know, heavy handed or, you know, I'm not, I wasn't exactly sure. So instead now I feel like the direction my, you know, the, the, the voice of my poetry has gone is I see what I write as kind of coming from the world of public policy and public art. So like try and write public poems, poems that leave room for readers to question, to doubt, to come to their own understandings. Yeah. And then, and then really clearly kind of trying to reflect a desire for a world that's, you know, um, more just, more, more democratic than the world we currently live in. Yeah, I think that's a theme of, you know, I don't know, everybody, writers and teachers in the world right now is, I mean, these are people who are always working, I think, toward more justice, more kindness, and yet the efforts feel that it feels the world is begging for those efforts to be redoubled, I guess, at this moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I yeah, love, absolutely. Yeah. I love the idea for teachers and for young people that your, your voice isn't fixed or stayed like, okay, I found my voice, but that it's an ever evolving, growing entity. That's very, I, I hope that's true for all of us. And I think that's very nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I think it's an important, yeah, I think it's important, you know, and I'm a, like I said, I'm a parent and I have this idea of like, you know, trying to see not only my kids in the terms of like the growth mindset and that there's ways that we can kind of, um, you know, evolve or learn, learn new things. Um, I, you know, want that for myself as a parent and as a writer too, and as a teacher. So yeah, I think it's, 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 it's an important, way for me to to see my work for sure nice so i know teachers and young poets in the making are are often curious how a poem gets made uh and i wonder um what gets you started on a poem so for me it's really and i i feel like in the last few years i've spent some time thinking about this because i do feel like in my high school and college years when i was writing it was just when the muse hit like i would hit like a you know i would hit the paper once you know a line would pop into my head or i would see something um and then sort of spent some time thinking about okay when is that actually happening um when am i feeling inspired to write <clears throat> and so for me what i'm what i'm reading it gets me started so um yeah so that that's definitely the starting point so like for the collection i'm working on now is focused on gentrification and displacement and then policing and the unnecessary incarceration of youth and primarily youth of colors so like i'm reading a lot about that yeah so that influences you know what that because that's what i want to be writing about so Mm -hmm. um and then and then i feel like i rely a lot on my eyes and my ears. I feel like my ears are kind of embedded in my eyes. I feel compelled, whether in writing poetry or just trying to understand what's going on in the world, to use words. Um, and and then incorporate. And then when I'm writing, I, I it is more of a struggle, and I have to kind of remind myself to incorporate like my other senses. Um, so uh, yeah, so that's kind of 
I think what I'm reading is a big influence mm -hmm. and then the eyes and ears for sure. Uh, I love that image of your ears being embedded in your eyes because when you, I sort of laughed out loud because I, that is why, I think that is what I respond to in your work. I feel like it's um, like an audio painting or something. Like I mm, mm. hear the words and see like really, um, again, evocative images when I, when I have your poems. Well, I appreciate that. That's that's cool that that comes through. Yeah, uh, we should we should hear a couple poems. So before our interview, I asked if you would read a poem, and you said I could choose one, and you would choose one. Um, yes. And because I always cheat, I I chose two, and I'll tell you what I chose. <laughs> read one or both okay. of them. I chose one that spoke to my teacher heart, and that poem is dialogue. Okay. And I chose one that spoke to my um, at-home and mothering self. And that was um, standing in front of dining room window with my son. Okay. So. All right. So how do you want to do this? Do you want me to read those two? Does that sound good? Uh, I think you have to choose one for us to hear too. So you can either read three. Oh, well, I don't mind doing, I mean, I would rather just choose, read the ones you chose. All right then. Those two sound great. Yeah, okay. yeah, let's do that. Okay. All right, so I'll start with dialogue. Okay. Okay. Ben tells Jorge how he's like Rosa Parks because he sits in the back of the bus. Jorge points out Ben sits in the back of the bus because he wants to. Pedro tells Daryl why he liked his poem. It touched me like I'm touching your hamburger. They note I look like the kind of guy who back in the day wore my Chuck Taylors tied real tight like I was trying to choke a cat. Hamad tells Juan, burritos are not Mexican, they're from France. I read it in a book. I think to myself, weeks of subtly communicating the power of books erased by this bout of diarrhea. <laughs> they clarify the difference between stealing and robbing. Stealing is low, it's not what we're in here for. Stealing is when you take things behind people's backs. We're in here for robbing. Robbing is when you go right up to someone and say, give me all you got. Jason asks no one in particular, how do you spell juvenile? Philip answers, you got it there on your pants. Jose tells Torin he doesn't believe in karma. Torin tells Jose he's in jail, so it seems karma believes in him. Okay. Whoosh. All right. All right. And then you said uh, the other one was standing in front of dining room. Let me start that again. Standing in front of dining room window with my son struck by yes. windows both bolt and light, moat and microscope, fist and armistice. As inventions go, I prefer the window to the wheel. The wheel, in my estimation, pretty directly led to having to go places on the weekend, whereas the window whispers, stand still, stop moving for a few moments, 
forget all your nouns and verbs. <laughs> oh, I love them both. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for inviting me to read those two poems. I appreciate that. Uh, I would um, like to thank you, Cyrus, for being on our Writers Council, for putting um, great poems and great attention to uh, truth and justice out into the world in the way that you do and for spending these few minutes with us on the radio today. Well, thank you so much. It's been totally my pleasure, and I really appreciate the work that the National Writing Project and you are doing. Thank you. And I am just going to tell listeners one more time, the title of your book is Benefits of Doubt. And if they don't already have it, they really should. I appreciate the plug. <laughs> thank you. Have a great day, Cyrus. All right. Thank you. Bye. A production Bye -bye. of the National Writing Project. NWP. NWP. NWP.